Most people, when they set out to build a career, they look for industries that are lucrative, you know, that can give them the life and lifestyle they want. And that typically involves money. But you have actively targeted the nonprofit sector for everything you do. And I gotta ask you, dude, why? First off, hi, everybody. DP, thank you for having me on the show here. It's a privilege to be here and uh, looking forward to the conversation that we're going to uh, have today on this episode. So to answer your question, nonprofit doesn't mean no profit, right? And one of the things that a lot of nonprofits fail to think about or strategize around is that you actually need to run your nonprofit as if it's a business. There's only so much that volunteerism, that giving of all of your precious time can do. At some point, you need to pay for staff and you need money. And donations are one of those streams of funds that come into it. Well, that's true. And those donations are the lifeblood of any organization like that. The question is, how can you maximize those donations for everything they're worth? How can you leverage the dollars and even staff bandwidth you have to activate these things so that you can take the lion's share of that dollar donated and spend it on services or programs and things like that. So when I've looked at your background and anybody who's interested should look up David Pisarek on things like LinkedIn or go to wowdigital.com because you can learn about what David does and how he does it and all that stuff. I'm going to say that where I'm on the creative side of the fence, you're on the executional side of the fence in terms of technology, in terms of things like analytics. Like I'm looking on the questions that I should be asking you based on Podmatch, the way that we met each other. And one of them is uh, talking about why are analytics so important? And well, let me ask you that question because I'll be honest, and it goes all the way back to my algebraic phobic days, or uh, let's just say I'm mathematically challenged. Analytics are not my friend. Consequently, I don't feel like yeah, they matter all that much. I know I'm wrong, but what I'd like you to do is point out just how violently wrong I am by giving some examples of how nonprofits can and should be using analytics to deliver the goods for their people. So one of the easiest things that you can do is to install some kind of analytics tool on your site. And if you don't have one, I, I would recommend Google Analytics. It's free. Whatever Google does with the data on, on the back end and how they analyze and whatever, mm, you know, maybe you're not okay with it. Maybe you are, but it's a free tool. And in terms of shoestring budgets and nonprofits, it's important to keep that in mind that, you know what, the tool is free. Nothing is actually technically free. People's data is where they mine and they get insights and stuff out of that. But overall, the, the information and the insight that you can get from the analytics is really key. And one of the things that is really important to remember is when you have a website, the only way that it's actually really successful is if you have people coming to the site. So taking a look at your analytics, if you don't have analytics installed on your site, get in touch with me, reach out to me, david at wowdigital.com, or find me on LinkedIn, or go to wowdigital.com and book a consult. We'll install it for you for free on your site. So there's like a quick offer there so that you can start collecting data and make some better decisions moving forward. So what do I mean by better decisions? 
Well, if you take a look at your data over time, over a four month or six month or a year long period, you can actually see what pages are the most popular of your website. And it's important because a lot of people think, yeah, the, the homepage, right? The, everything has to be on the homepage. We need to get people on our homepage and that's where people are going to go. And that's not actually really true. Your homepage of your website is probably one of the most popular pages, but you're probably only getting about 30% of traffic to your homepage. Google, and I'm really only going to talk about Google because it's the, the big giant in the search space, but we could talk about Yahoo and Bing, they share a database and all kinds of stuff like that. But Google and most search engines like to send people directly to the page that is most relevant for their search query. So if you are an organization that helps feed the homeless, let's say, maybe you have a page that talks about the different programs that you have or the catchment area. You might end up getting more traffic to one of those pages than your homepage. And so it's important to understand where people are coming into your site so that you can beef up the content that's there. But you know, you can put more information on, on those pages to help really give people the insight that they need. But more importantly than that, you can do other things. So the second thing, so first, know what pages are the most popular. The second thing is to pay attention to what people are doing on those pages. And what you really wanna do is make sure that you have a clear call to action on the top five or the top 10 pages of your site. A call to action is basically a button. It says, subscribe to our newsletter, donate today. That's just off the top of my head. I can't think of any more at the moment, but you wanna make sure that you're giving people thought of what they should do next without them having to figure it out. Yeah, in other words, make it very easy for them to linger and engage with you any possible way. One of the things that has always been again, this is a personal prejudice about me and analytics is I'm afraid that I'm going to start trying to teach the test or just pay attention to that which is getting the most attention and neglecting the things that are important to include, but maybe don't score or earn the most visits. It's like, yeah, if everybody likes candy, you want to have nothing but a candy store. And I don't think that works. The other thing is that you don't know necessarily what's going to be the thing that really gets people's attention over time. So you kind of have to have a balanced meal if I'm going to stick with my metaphor of candy and stuff like that. You need to have the proteins and the carbohydrates and the candy and the desserts and the drinks and stuff like that. In terms of contents, sometimes I see people do nothing what I would call candy content, which is a huge mistake especially nonprofits, like I hate to pick on one. Well, let's pick on one everybody knows. The Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals with Sarah McLaughlin and In the Arms of the Angels and the puppies that are and the kitties that are in terrible places. Now, I've done I use this a lot in my presentations as actually a, a case story because Sarah McLaughlin rightly so says, hey, that has raised like 40 million dollars for the ASPCA, but she, even she has said in multiple interviews, she can't stand to watch those commercials because she is like everybody else. So affected by them, the branding side of me says, Sarah, it was such a mistake for your personal brand to be so tightly associated with that. So that people now think of you as the crazy cat lady. Almost. And again, 
I don't want to read too much into this, and I'm trying not to be too brusque or rude about this, but I do want people to start thinking about that, like, especially when it comes to your personal brand. The stuff you put out there is the stuff that people are going to expect from you. The more you put out the same type of stuff without any variety, the less your audience might find you. I believe it's important to get a variety of things out there, whether it's it's video, whether it's blog posts, whether it's short form stuff, whether it's longer form stuff. Can you talk about that? I mean, is, is there a perfect mix or recipe for content, not only on a nonprofit's website, but perhaps someone who might be looking to build their personal brand? Yeah, so before I get into that, I just want to touch on something you, you mentioned a moment ago, which is content, right? The old adage is that content is king, and that's very much true, okay? So as a personal brand, if you're just building your own website to get recognition or to look for a job or whatever it happens to be, you want to be publishing content on a regular, consistent basis. And by that, I mean probably at least once a week, if you can, if you've got the time to do that. And it doesn't have to be very long or verbose content. We're talking like five or 600 words kind of at most. We know that publishing an article once a week versus once every two months can get you over 570% increase in organic, unique search traffic. So you're not getting repeat people, you're getting new people and being able to produce content on a regular basis, whatever that content happens to be. If you're going to publish a video, get a transcript of it and put that on the page with the video on your site and reap the benefits, all the like the search engine optimization, the SEO side of it to help bring in the traffic. And just tying that back to the analytics side, if you can see that you've got over the course of six months or a year content that's really popular, think about a word cloud or a, a content or a topic cloud around that and produce other content that's similar to it in terms of wh whatever it is that you're writing about, the, t the topic, the tone, et cetera, et cetera, because that's going to bring you even more traffic coming into that. So to answer your, I guess, newer question, DP, is there a secret formula for content or types of content? And no, honestly, there isn't. What you need to do is really kind of understand who your audience is. And this goes back to the branding side, right? So we, we talk about from my agency, when we meet with new clients, who is your audience? Who are you trying to target? Who are you going after? Whether it's donors or prospects or trying to staff up and hire new employees or get volunteers or get people into your programs or your services. There's lots of different personas and, and people out there. So really identifying and being clear on your avatar, your persona, and knowing their demographic, geographic. And the third thing that people often don't think about is their psychographic. And the psychographic one, I think, is probably one of the more important ones because that will tell you what are their interests, where do they spend their free time, what social media outlets are they using, right? And if your audience is hanging out on LinkedIn, you want to produce content and do it over there in LinkedIn space, right? And try to drive traffic back into your website if that's your ultimate goal is to get more, more traffic. But yeah, you need to identify your goals and you need to identify those personas and produce content that is going to be relevant to those audiences. Well, you used a word in there that people like me and you use like daily, but a lot of listeners may not be familiar with it. We've all heard of demographics, who people are when they, in terms of their age, their race, their gender, where they live geographically, stuff like that. 
You mentioned psychographics. Can you give us a quick definition from your point of view on what psychographics actually are? Absolutely. So psychographics are everything that happens in somebody's brain, in, in their headspace. So it's like, what do they care about? Why do they do what they do? Where do they go and they hang out? And actually, I've got a podcast episode. You mentioned that I have a podcast. It's called the Nonprofit Digital Success Podcast. And in episode, it's also available in like all the free spaces, Apple and Google and Spotify and Amazon and et cetera, et cetera. But episode 16, I talk about specifically psychographics for nonprofits and how to better reach potential donors and supporters by leveraging that insight. Demographic is like age and sex and, and income and that and education level, that, that would be demographic. Geographic is, you know, where are they located? Psychographics, like I mentioned, it's really about, you know, what's, what do they care about? What are their passions? Where, where do they go in their free time? How do they spend their life? What are their values and their beliefs? Yeah, it's funny. I was listening to, or I saw a TV story about Senator Chuck Schumer of New York, who is a part of the Democratic leadership in the Senate. And he actually has in his mind a couple, and he's got a name for them. It's like Marge and Harry or something. And in his mind, everything he does, every bill that's being considered, he will put through the filter of what would Marge and Henry or whatever his name think about it. And a lot, and it sounds kind of silly, but it's not. The fact is that just about every leading brand, whether it's nonprofit or profit, they have what's called a customer avatar. Literally that one person, or that maybe it's a couple, or maybe it's a small family, whatever it is, that literally is the at right at the center of the bullseye of the target they're trying to to reach. Now, I work with, as we know, a nonprofit that sometimes gets a little stuck. And this is my opinion, and I actually have had conversations about this with the powers that be. Sometimes we're stuck on one demographic or one with a certain set of psychographics, and that could be stuck at our peril. Meaning, yeah, you're right. The current donor is of a certain age and a certain sensibility. But that, without giving away too much of the trade secrets involved here, that demographic is actually dying. You know, they're, they're sliding toward the great early gates. And that's a terrible thing because, yeah, they're great now, but 10 years from now, they're going to be gone. And there's a huge shift in the way younger generations are consuming media and stories and everything. So am I saying forget Facebook, do everything on TikTok? No, but I'm saying just because our demographic and our psychographic user or avatar is a heavy Facebook user today does not mean that they're going to stay there or that we shouldn't be doing significant stuff on TikTok. So it, it becomes this balancing act. And again, we're talking a lot about nonprofits here, but it also goes towards people looking to build their personal brand. I can't be on every channel all day monitoring stuff. I have to pick my battles and I have to pick my field or my battlefields, if you will. And I also have to do it based on who I actually am. So how does that play out? I like to say that everybody has a style and every style has a stage. So what the, the big question is, what is your style stage? What do I mean by that? Funny thing is, I'm a writer. I don't blog. 
Why? Because I'm less a writer than a performer. I find it easy to do a weekly podcast when I find it difficult to write a weekly blog post. Don't know why. Never got past blog post number 20, but I'm on episode 210 or so of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. Why? Because it turns out I'm actually more of a performer than a writer, even though I use writing as a tool heavily for everything I do, especially professionally. Do you have any thoughts on that when it comes to my thesis statement about style and style stages? I do. But before we get to there, if anybody listening to this is in nonprofits or charities or community-based organizations, you want to pay attention to the aging generation. There's something called the silver tsunami. You might have heard the gray tsunami or the gray wave or the silver wave or something like that. There is a very large percentage of the population that is getting older. There's trillions, hundreds of billions of dollars in wealth that is going to be transferring down from that demographic to the younger generations, okay? You want to make sure that you're connecting with the younger as well as the older and making sure that you can create those emotional connections. And if you can do that and engage that younger demographic earlier, you'll be able to get them to believe in your cause and stay with you through the long run. And ultimately, I mean, it's a little bit selfish from an, from your organization's perspective, but you want to engage them at a younger age and get them like knowing and caring about you. So when there is wealth there, when they, if, if you're going after teenagers now in, you know, 15, 20, 30 years, there'll be a little bit of disposable income there and they'll care about your organization donate. But DP, back to what you were saying, I don't remember what you, <laughs> what you asked. That's okay. I was, I was talking about style, personal style, style stages, aligning yourself with the things that are actually going to succeed best for you. We live kind of, I, I think we're past peak podcast, perhaps. Like two years ago, everybody had to have a podcast now. And yes, people are adding podcasts. There are more podcasts every single day, but it feels like the heat is not there the way it used to be. It's not that podcasts aren't tremendously important. It's just that a lot of people are like, I don't think I, w I, I could do a podcast are now relieved because it's like, eh, maybe I don't need to do a podcast. So that's great. For someone like me, I find this to be the perfect stage for my personal style. For other people, it's really a question of aligning yourself and your capabilities with what you do best in a way that works best for you. So Again, I, I use the example of me and blogging. Why don't I do it even though I'm a writer? Because I, I hate writing blog posts, I guess. I don't know. As I said, the big reason is because I'm more of a performer than I am a writer. However, there are a whole lot of other styles, you know, whether it's visual, if you're a visual artist or you're really great at photography or video, videography. There are multiple styles of videography, whether it's long form or TikTok style, you name it. There are many different ways to get yourself out there in a way that shows who you are, what you do, and how you do it, which is, of course, the recipe I like to throw out there for building your nonfiction personal brand or small business brand. But the thing that I think, because you're existing in the digital marketing space, the one thing I think we can violently agree on is the fact that digital allows you to do things faster, in some cases cheaper, certainly more efficiently, and especially always on. Because back in the day, 
think about it. You, you do a radio spot. You have to buy paid media for that. It costs an arm and a leg. It costs an arm and a leg to produce it. It takes a month just to get a script done and approved and all that stuff. And now you can get a script done in, in half an hour, get it approved, cut it in your own studio, get it up all over the place, wherever you need it, and for free. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm guessing that you're a big fan of social media channels for nonprofits because of so few obstacles are, are involved in getting very successful on them. It's very low friction with a high probability of some form of success. Am I right about that? Yeah, I mean, a, a brand is not just your logo and your cutlers, right? It's what do you stand for? What is your mission? What is your values? What is your core belief, right? And whether that's your own personal self or the business or the company or the corporation that you work for, whatever it is, the brand is still the brand. And that needs to kind of flow through everything that you do. And for us, from my agency, we tried Google ads, we tried Facebook ads, we, we went there. It, it didn't work for us. Our audience isn't hanging out there, right? And we evolved and we took a look and went, okay, like, where are they hanging out? And we took a deep dive into our, our personas. I went, you know what? LinkedIn is a space and that's where we're out there and we're, we're having really great success and connecting with lots of people that are our ideal customer that we're trying to connect with, right? So in terms of the brand, it's more than just the logo. And everybody thinks, oh yeah, the logo, that's the brand. Like Nike, it's a swoosh. No, it's everything associated with them, right? How they help athletes and, and from high performance to, you know, beginner and how they can, you know, help transform and, and be inclusive and do all blah, 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 right? They, they've got their brand and every big organization has their brand. And I believe, I firmly believe that every person should have their brand as well. And that should flow through your resume when you go to apply. That should flow through your social media channels and all of that. Specifically, to your point, yes, social is a really phenomenal place to be. Anybody that has, you know, one of these can go online. I was, anybody that's listening, I was just holding up my phone for the camera. You can go and you can take a video of yourself and post it up on social. You could take a video of packing baskets for holiday charity drive right? And get that up on social and try to create a little bit of awareness about how the impact that your organization is helping, but not just the impact of your organization, the impact of the $5 donation that so-and-so donated, right? And this is how it's actually being put to use. And you can be so impactful with that from like the nonprofit side of, of the world, but anybody and their uncle can be online and get a presence. YouTube is free. TikTok is free. Facebook is free. Twitter is free. LinkedIn is, there's so many different outlets there. You just got to find the one that works for you. The one that's comfortable, that feels like it's effortless, right? When you're doing work that feels like it's effortless, it's not going to feel like work, right? It's going to be the, yeah, you know, every once in a while, oh, I got to do another podcast, like, right? But, or I, oh yeah, okay. I have to schedule it in. I'm going to do this video tomorrow at two o'clock, right? To get it up online. But Sticking with it is going to pay huge dividends down the road. And the best thing about social media is it allows you to do what I think is the most important thing for anybody looking to build their personal brand or their nonprofit brand or their small business for-profit brand. You get to show what you do, who you are, how you do it, instead of tell. Anybody who watches TikTok, okay, I got, I've got some TikTok stuff in my timeline that 
for some reason just absorbs my attention. And one of those things is watching people refurbish, find some rusted old piece of something in a farm barn someplace, some, I don't know, it could be something that was manufactured a century ago, take it apart and then make it work again. And not only make it work again, but make it look like new. And they do it in this kind of time-lapsey way and stuff like that. And all I'm doing is I'm watching them show how to do this stuff. And I'm fascinated by it. It's, it's a little bit of that ASMR thing. You know, it's, it's, it's tickling part of your brain or something. But it's also showing their expertise. So if I ever had anything that might need refurbishment or a family heirloom that needs fixing or something, who am I going to think about? I'm going to think about that person who's demonstrated so clearly they know how to do it. And a lot of nonprofits like to talk about what they do with the dollars they get. But boy, there's nothing more powerful than showing and inviting your friends and fans and family that are associated with your nonprofit to create user-generated content that could help you. I was working with one of my colleagues on our social media schedule, and she showed me a piece of UGC, user-generated content, someone had created about what it's like to bring a puppy that they raised for the past year in for training. And she showed what it's like to deliver a puppy that was raised by her and her family. But she did all our talking points naturally. You know, people always ask me, how, how can you give away a dog that you've raised for a year? And the reality is when I see them matched with the people they're going to be with and all that stuff, it's like you just you showed everything we do more effectively than any ad we could ever create. And that is absolutely placeable on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn even. We recut it with a kind of TikTok style for TikTok with, a, of course, a, a link to go watch the whole thing on YouTube or something like that. And you've got this library of stuff that is compelling. Oh, and by the way, you know, if you do a search, a Google search, what's that? What are the top searches always in Google? The ones at the very top of the page? Oh, a lot of them are video. Huh. So that's a real great technique for uh, building the search engine optimization of your website as well. So if you're not on social media, well, I'm sorry that you're from the past century. And I don't mean the 20th century. I mean, 19th century, because you may not love it personally, but never in the history of humankind has there been a more effective and less costly way to get your message and proof of that message out there for free. You're also about making sure that your website especially is optimized for everything from page load speed to page effectiveness, or as you like to say, call to action, having a call to action on those pages to maximize every page's ROI potential. Can you talk about that? Especially, I, I understand you've got a new initiative started. This is my way of teeing up the golf ball for you to crush. So, David, tell us about this whole new thing you've got going on. DP, funny you should ask about that. Yeah. So, as an agency owner, we have our ideal customers that we, we try to connect with and meet with and help and like any business, right? That's kind of what you go after. 
from the convenience store right through to like custom tailored hats, for example, right? So you've got the, and I feel really, really bad. So like at my core, I believe in giving. And it's one of the reasons why for the last 20 plus years, I've been working in and with nonprofits and charities and community organizations. And uh, so it was just a natural fit when I started WOW Digital six and a half years ago to work in that niche or niche, depending on where you're from. So I feel really bad when there's somebody that comes to us and they like obviously desperately need our help, but they don't have a big enough budget. So we put our hats together, my team and I, we said, okay, we need to solve this problem. We need to fix this. Yes, there's other platforms out there. I'm not going to name them, but you have to learn their software, right? You've got to go and figure it out and spend your time and try to sort all that out or potentially eventually hire an expert to use that platform and make it do what it is that you want. What we've done, we've kind of like gone back and said, let's build a done for you platform. And by done for you, I mean, all you have to do is fill out a web form and we do the work for you. So we built a product that's called Mighty NPO. So M-I-G-H-T-Y-N-P-O.com. And you can go, you pick a, one of the three templates that we have on there right now. We'll customize the colors. We'll throw some new images into there. We'll put your content in there. You fill out a form. We get the content. We do it all for you. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about domain name. You don't have to worry about web hosting. You don't have to worry about certificates and like SSL and secure certificates. You don't have to worry about optimizing for mobile devices, which by the way, Google uses in their algorithm to rank you higher. So if your site doesn't work well on mobile, you need to fix that. And we take care of all of that for you. And we're actually running a promotion from now until the end of 2022, where you can get 80% off for life. And if you just go to mightynpo.com, you go through the process and at checkout, use the coupon code MNPOBF. So this is like a Black Friday, Cyber Monday. If you're a nonprofit, let's get you online so that you can start. This is actually going to be after Giving Tuesday, right? So, well, yeah, yeah. So what we're talking about here is the fact that Giving Tuesday is the Tuesday after American Thanksgiving, because I know Canadian Thanksgiving is a little earlier, right? You're you're basically- Yeah, it it was in October. It was in October. Yeah, I'm in Toronto. So Giving Tuesday this year is November 29th. Yeah, this will probably air early December, but that's okay because even if it premieres early December, you've got until the end of the month to get that deal, which sounds like a screaming hot deal. Well, let me ask you this. Let's say I'm a nonprofit or anybody who wants to get a website up, stand one up quickly, but I'm not sure on cost and stuff like that. Do I have to have an extended contract or something like that? Or is this a month to month thing or how does that billing work? Yeah. So we'll get the site up for you within four days. And then you've got a 10 day risk-free trial after that. And if you're happy with it, great. The billing will start at that point. And we do have, there's two tiers of pricing in there. So we've got the world changer, which is like the higher tier. And then we have the change maker, which is lower tier. And both of them you can pick on a monthly or an annual basis. There's a discount if you prepay for the whole year, you'll get a month for free. So 11 months that you pay for, you get 12 months of service from it. And yeah, we're, we're talking like with this promotion, it's under $73 a month. So you don't have to worry about building your site. You don't have to worry about expensive contracts or, you know, $15,000, $20,000 website builds for super high-end design and whatnot. We'll just make it happen for you. Okay, let me, we've already talked about nonprofits. That sounds like a screaming hot deal for nonprofits. 
that's even affordable for people who might be interested in building their personal brands. Would it be appropriate? Let's just uh, let's just play a little hypothetical game here. Let's say that I'm a personal trainer. That yes, I work through a gym, and yes, I have I'm on the gym's website and stuff like that. But I also want to build my personal training stuff like that. Would this be a solution that might work for me? So our templates are built specifically for nonprofits, but we could swap graphics out, right? And you know the the graphics tell the story. Picture tells a thousand words, right? So we can you know take one of the templates and instead of a child that looks really hungry or somebody that looks homeless or, or whatnot, right? We can swap those out and put in pictures of somebody doing some kind of Olympic pose uh, on stage, right? So, so, so in other words, my hypothetical is a possibility, not a hard no. That's right. And, you know, one of the things that we've built into the platform for nonprofits and charities is access to a free platform for a CRM, which is a customer or client relationship management tool as well as to accept donations live online and issue tax receipts. So there's no extra fee for that platform as well. Well, there you go. Based on what I've heard, that sounds like a really tremendous value that is worth checking out more about. So again, what's the website? Where can people go to check that out? Mighty NPO. You're small, but you're mighty. Ah, you have very good point. Small, but you're mighty. And maybe you won't be that small if you successfully get going on this. Before we go, I want to make sure that people know about your podcast because you were gracious enough to have me on as a guest. And I think there's a lot of really good information on it, especially for those in the nonprofit sector. What is the name of that podcast and where can people get it? Podcast is called Nonprofit Digital Success. Now, a little kind of secret here is, yes, I've slanted everything towards the nonprofit space, but... And I'll say this time and time again, if you listen from episode one through to the most current one, every so often you'll hear me say that your nonprofit needs to operate as if it's a business. Okay. Everything that I talk about in the podcast could be applied to small business, medium business, big corporations. We're just taking the slant towards the nonprofit space. Yeah, that's, I'm glad you said that because I believe that the best practices of marketing are developed wherever they are developed and are applicable everywhere. There's not a hard Chinese wall between any of these things, you know, for-profit, not-for-profit, even when it comes to branding, personal branding. People who think that there's a difference between how you brand cornflakes and how you brand yourself, I hate to say, eh, you're a little bit wrong there because it's always the same tools with a little bit of craftsmanship and interpretation involved. And one of the things I really appreciated about your podcast was that you had that kind of agnostic point of view about it, which is, no, for-profit stuff applies really well to nonprofit businesses. And when you said, as you said at the beginning of this podcast episode, not-for-profit does not mean no profit. That's very, very true. So thank you for that. And again, check out the Nonprofit Digital Success Podcast, wherever fine podcasts are free, also, make sure to check out David's website at wowdigital.com. And also, let's hit that special deal that you've got going on before the end of 2022. Give us 30 seconds on that and where people can actually dive deeper into it. Head over to mightynpo.com. Get your nonprofit, charity, community-based organization, or even potentially your small business online 
really quickly and let's get you showcasing your organization, your brand in the best light possible. David Pisarek, thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom with everybody on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. As always, I would love for any listeners out there to like, subscribe, refer it to other people, but most of all, could you give it a review? That really does help other people find it. Also, I would love to invite you to download three free worksheets from nonfictionbrand.com gift. You know, it'll ask you for your email address, but I'll be honest with you, I never send anything to my email list. Eh. So just download the things, get started on building your personal brand, your small business brand, your nonprofit brand, or your for-profit brand using the same tools, tips, and techniques of the hugest brands around the world. You can start there with those three worksheets. Well, that's about it for me, DP Knuton, your host, and he is... David Pasarek. Pasarek. Oh, I've been saying Pasarek the oh, whole time. Good. I am sorry about no that, David. I should have asked you about how to pronounce your last name, says Mr. D.P. Newton. Noodler. Newton. Yep. Yeah, I'm sensitive about how last names are said. So sorry about that. But that's it for this week oh, on good. the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>